is human-centered design. It's a systems-based approach to design, where you think about the integrated whole experience and the connections between them, rather than individual isolated components. And if we consider all of those pieces as the spokes, then what we'd consider the hub would be the people that are using the design. And the process of collecting those pieces and the connection points and the learning of the people at the heart of it all will differ from project to project. There is no exact magic formula to use each and every time. However, a process to help you work your way through human-centered design is design thinking. Design thinking was first popularized by Stanford's Design School. It consists of five stages that complement one another. Empathize, define, ideate, prototype, and test. The first stage, empathize, is about really understanding your core audience. In other words, the people you're trying to solve for. This is in contrast to relying on personal opinions, subjective experience, and built-in assumptions. The second stage, define, is where you begin to pinpoint what is the core problem that needs to be solved for. And this is based on what you've learned from your users in the empathize stage. The third stage, ideation, is where you generate ideas to solve for the problem. Note that ideas is plural. That means there should be more than one at play, particularly in the early stages of a project. The fourth stage is prototype. This is where you begin to flesh out the ideas into something more tangible, and it's typically built with the intention of throwing it away meaning that it's not going to make it into the final deliverable. Ideally, you use inexpensive materials and you go through this process very rapidly so that you can develop more than one prototype and experiment along the way. The fifth and final stage is test. This is where you validate your prototype and learn what works and doesn't work with it. And you do this by testing on your users if possible. Your goal is to discover the things that need to continue to be refined. Another concept to layer onto design thinking is that of the double diamond, which was originated by Peter Merholtz. Essentially, it describes the process of expanding on that initial problem and then constricting it as you move through the process. Often, stakeholders want to begin with a solution, whereas with the double diamond approach, you're invited to discover, empathize, and explore and broaden possibilities, and then narrow it back down or converge on to define a problem. You repeat the process of expansion when you first begin to ideate and prototype, and then you narrow it back down as you validate and begin to pinpoint the specifics of your solution. You may see diagrams that show the design thinking phases, and it might look rather linear. I do want to comment that it's rare for it to be linear. So in my opinion, the linear diagrams are a little bit misleading. For example, you might begin with prototyping and then use that as a means of learning about your users so that you can empathize and then kickstart the whole process. Design thinking is also very iterative, meaning that you will often visit and revisit the different stages and in different orders throughout the whole development process. The stages rarely get equal amounts of time. I personally find that the prototype and test phases usually take the longest and empathy, unfortunately, is often given the short stick and ends up being one of the shorter phases. And depending on your project, sometimes a stage may be omitted. 
often due to project constraints. However, what is always consistent is that everything goes back to the intended audience or your user. And the first question any human-centric designer should ask is, why is a user performing an activity, task, action, or operation in the first place? This is where goal-directed design enters the picture. Understanding the tasks people are trying to complete and the goals that underlie those tasks are key to knowing the best way to create that holistic experience. Understanding goals allows you to understand your users' expectations and assumptions as well, which in turn can help you decide which activities and interactions you need to support and are truly relevant to your design. Now, the second question a designer should always be asking is, how does a user expect to do that activity? How do they imagine it? This strongly relates to their mental model. A mental model is much like a metaphor. It's the way we explain or imagine how something is working. The closer we design around the user's mental model and use this to inform the product's interface, the more likely it will be construed as intuitive and understandable to the user. We'll be talking more about the concept of mental models in an upcoming module. The important thing to remember here is that human-centered design is, well, all about humans and all about what they're thinking, doing, and feeling along the way. Goals motivate people to perform activities, and an understanding goals allows you to understand your users' expectations and aspirations, which in turn can help you decide which activities you want to build around in your design. So we've talked about a few concepts that are often referenced in user experience design, including design thinking, the double diamond, human-centered design, and goal-directed design. What they all have in common is the concept of beginning with the human who's using the product or service and understanding their goals and needs. And then you as a designer make your best attempt at solving for those goals and needs. And then through a process of testing and validating, you will learn where you need to continue to refine with your solution. And you rinse and repeat through those stages through a process of iteration. They also hold in common the idea of divergent and convergent thinking. So at certain times you need to open up the problem or the solution ideas, and then you need to converge and narrow it back down. As I mentioned, the typical iterative design diagram looks linear, structured, and tidy. Well, don't be fooled by this. What you encounter in the beginning is more like, well, probably one of these two analogies. The first being a tangled up ball of string where you can't find the beginning or an infinity mirror where you can't find the boundaries of the space you are in. This can be ambiguous and frankly, a little bit scary if you're not expecting it. So expect it. The beginning of design often invites more questions than it answers and this is totally okay. Embrace it. In the empathize phase, you will find that you begin to locate some of those boundaries and maybe that beginning of that ball of string. And as you ideate and prototype and test, you'll be asking lots of good investigative questions and then systematically testing your assumptions and hypotheses to get to a more solid and definitive state of things. Now here at the conclusion, I'd like you to draw what you think the design process looks like for your own way of working based on the concepts that I've described above. 